Right. Should we do a clap then, Mr. Cleland? Sure. One, two, three. That was rubbish. <laughs> I didn't even hear you clap, so... Really? Oh, I better do it again then. Okay. One, two, three. Ah, nice. That actually sounded good. Oh, man, that... The first one sounded better. Do you listen to the talk show with John Gruber? Uh, no, I don't. Oh, you should. It's a should. really good podcast. Okay, maybe it's I should. It's kind of um, you know, Apple-and-technology-related stuff, mainly Apple-related stuff. He's the guy behind Daring Fireball. Yeah. So it's basically the podcast of Daring Fireball. Yeah, which... I read that every once in a while, yeah. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's really, really good. In fact, he's taking it independent now. It used to be on uh, a couple of different podcast networks, and now he's taking it back inside Daring Fireball, so he's doing all of his own production okay. and everything else, which is quite good. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's one of my top three favorite podcasts, I think. I think there's that, and there's uh, Ice-T's Final Level Podcast. Do you ever listen to that? No, but I think you were telling me about it once before. <laughs> you should. It's it really is good. I mean, you know, I'd, I, it's it's an interesting structure to the show because he's got different segments. So he'll talk about music and news and um, he has like his inside uh, SVU because, you know, obviously he does Law and Order SVU. Yeah. So he has his kind of inside segment and each segment might last for kind of, I don't know, five or 10 minutes or something. And him and him and his co-host, Mick Benzo, they, they talk about that topic and then it's like, oh, so that's news. And then there's a jingle and it moves on to another segment. So it's, it's like a program. Yeah. Rather than like, you know, just what we do, which is endlessly banter about stuff. <laughs> okay. But it's actually really good. Anyway, Gruber had this whole shtick going on with the clap last week. Uh, he actually started off the show by by talking with, I can't remember who was on the show now, but he had this whole thing where they were doing the clap. And I, I didn't want people to think that we we were copying the talk show when we did a clap. <laughs> Other people do. I mean, that's, isn't it a standard thing? I don't know. I mean, I only do it because Anna used to teach me to do it because, you know, it helped her to do the early shows where, you know, she needed to line up the two audio tracks and, you know, that's apparently one way of doing it. But I think I've heard about people doing it before. I don't think you're copping anybody. No, well, I've just been doing it since the beginning. I just edit it out, unless it's a really funny one, which, you know, sometimes <laughs> they are. Last week's was funny. Did you... You had the last week's in there, didn't you? I put it in at the end of some yeah. outtakes, yeah. <laughs> which was quite funny. Yeah. But yeah, did you, did you listen to the show with Brendan last week? Yes, I did. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I've got some follow-up, actually. Okay. From that show, because Brendan brought up the Banana Splits. Do you remember that TV show? You're too young to see that? No, I never oh, listened God. to that. <laughs> there were some links in the show notes, but it was hysterical. It was a Hanna-Barbera live-action show. And, you know, obviously Hanna-Barbera were famous for their 2D cartoons. You, you're going to, you're actually, I I'm can hear you tapping. You're Googling the banana splits, aren't you? Okay. Yeah. So obviously Yogi Bear and, um, Wacky Races and, oh God, I mean, there's like a million and one. Hair Bear Bunch were my favorites. I can't remember who else did I used to like. Hong Kong Fooey. It's like a deafening silence. You don't remember any of these cartoons. <laughs> no, I I'm just looking at the pictures now. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I've always, always loved Hanna-Barbera cartoons. They were just like the best. Oh, yeah. And I've spoken about this at conferences, actually, because they did a huge amount with very little. Um, in fact, their, their cartoons, particularly the ones in the 60s, were very primitive. They would reuse backgrounds all the time. And the, they um... would have kind of yeah, thing. Uh, yeah, they'd have an incredibly low number of actual frames versus, you know, other cartoons that were going on at the time. Something like Tom and Jerry, I can't remember now what the figures were, but it had like 10 times more animation frames than a typical Hanna-Barbera cartoon at the time. Uh -huh. You know, really, really primitive. Anyway, so yeah, so the Banana Splits was their, it was one of their live action shows. 
<laughs> it's kind of fun. It's the craziest thing. <laughs> really the craziest thing. Anyway, I mentioned two cartoons that they ran during the Banana Split show. And I said that one was called Alibaba and the 40 Thieves, and it wasn't. I got that wrong. Because then I went off to Wikipedia, and I found out that it was actually called The Arabian Nights. You can watch episodes of this on YouTube. Yeah, I saw those. I saw some links. I'll have to check it out. Size of an elephant! <laughs> it was great, and then he would turn into an elephant, which was, like, really, really cool. And then there was a guy that turned into a donkey. <laughs> that was my best donkey impression. What are you Googling now? I'm just typing it in Wikipedia. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a notoriously like heavy typer. I'm sorry. You need one of those clicky keyboards. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've had people just like, wait, you trying to murder that, that I go through about three keyboards a week. There was another cartoon on there that I'd completely forgotten about. It was the three musketeers. I found that out on Wikipedia as well. It's amazing what you can find on Wikipedia. Also, I discovered, <laughs> I discovered that Richard Donner, the film director, not the guy that invented kebabs, Richard Donner, he directed the first Superman film. You know, the one with Christopher Reeve. Oh, yeah. He directed that and Superman 2 as well. And he actually directed the Banana Splits. Really? Yeah, it's weird how people go from, you know, children's TV to, you know, Serious directing. <laughs> the two best Supermans. They were the two best Supermans, actually. I don't think there's been a, a better Superman film than... Well, probably since the first one, really. Isn't Superman 2 supposed to be... It's been ages since I've seen it. Yeah, but... I was never really into Superman 2. I need to watch it again. Is it the same story as the new one? Uh, or the when... same premise, I guess? The problem with Superman is that it's always the same story. They can only ever do the origin story or, you know, one of the, you know, the famous supervillains, because there really actually isn't very much interesting about Superman at all. So, you know, they just keep retelling the origin story the whole time. And I was reading, I think it was Den of Geek that I was on this week, and they they were talking about the, the upcoming Superman versus Batman film. Uh-huh which is coming out, I think it's 2016, so it's still a long way away, away. And it's called, well, I forget what the title is. Anyway. Like the Justice something. Something about justice. Yeah, it the sounds to me like it's kind of in the lead up to a... Yeah, the the dawn of justice, I think it is. Yeah, that's something it. And like I think that, it's yeah. leading up to a, a Justice League movie. It sounds as right. if, you know, they're assembling those characters. I think it's Jesse, is it Jesse Eisenberg? The guy that was in Zombieland and The Social Network? the actor, and he's going to be Lex um, Luthor. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, God, can they not think of another villain other than Lex Luthor? I mean, there weren't that many interesting villains in Superman anyway, but Jesus, Lex Luthor again? <laughs> Did you ever watch any of the, like, uh, what are the TV shows based on Superman? Um, oh, yeah, Lois and Smallville. Clark. Yeah, Lois and Clark, and then... I watched Lois and Clark. I used to quite like that, actually. I did quite like that. Yeah, I watched that. I don't even remember watching it, but I just, I remember watching it, but I don't remember any of the episodes. But then there was also, was it Supernatural? Uh, Smallville. I remember or Smallville, Smallville, that's it. Yeah. yeah, I didn't watch Smallville. I, I think I watched one episode. Just, I'm just not a big Superman fan at all. I've been watching uh, Batman films over the last week or so. I've watched all of the Christopher Nolan Batmans now. Uh-huh. with Christian Bale, and they've been excellent. And I did and start... Those are- those are those are the uh, that's the bar right there. I think those are the definitive Batman films. I did go back and watch the Tim Burton original Batman from when was it nineteen eighty nine? Yeah, eighty nine. That was it. And I can remember being bowled over by Jack Nicholson. You know, when I watched it, and I don't think I've watched it since I watched it in the cinema. It's really camp now. It's incredibly camp, <laughs> and everybody said that you know it was sort of taking Batman back to the dark roots. But actually, uh-huh. it was incredibly comedic, and I just I didn't really didn't really like it. So I'm I'm, I'm going to struggle through. I think some of the other ones. I don't know whether I'll get as far as Batman and Robin or Mister Freeze. I think that might George be George Clooney, George Clooney Batman, never <laughs> a good idea. <laughs> But I did actually sit and watch Batman Year One, the cartoon, the other day. Never seen that. That was excellent. Absolutely excellent. It has 
Oh god, obviously I'm going to forget his name now. We're doing the podcast. The guy that played Walt in Breaking Bad, Brian Brian Cranston. Yeah, Brian Cranston. He was the voice of Commissioner Gordon, and it was really, really good. Anyway, we digress because <laughs> we talked about films all last week. People are going to be going, oh, no, no, not more films. You need to just do like a special. There will be a Planet of the Apes podcast special coming up in July. Yes. More news on that another week. Anyway, I also mentioned, talking about TV shows, <laughs> I also mentioned that I remembered a show where people turned on machines because of King Arthur. Brendan thought I was making that up. I wasn't. I wasn't. It was true. People turned people turned on machines. There was this noise. And the noise that people heard, it just started, and it was like a, like a high-pitched noise. And it drove people mad, and it, they turned on machines. They, you know, start smashing them up. Okay. They turned against the machines. Oh, turned against me. I thought you meant I actually turned them on. Yeah, they turned them on like a washing machine. <laughs> like flipped them on. Like what, what kind of turned program, against the machine. <laughs> what kind of story would that be? I Everybody, don't know. It's like this sounds like a really boring movie. Everybody, <laughs> <a TV show. laughs> Everybody flicked on their kettles and that yeah. was the end. And the power surge just went <laughs> through the roof and everyone. <laughs> That's not how it was. Anyway. People turned against the machines and started smashing things up. And uh, anyway, Brendan thought I was making it up, and I wasn't. It was absolutely true. It was called The Changes, and it was on BBC in, I can't believe this, 1975. Sounds like a Doctor Who episode. You can watch them on YouTube, okay? They're all on YouTube now. There were 10 episodes. God, I bet half the people that are listening weren't even born in, like, 1975. <laughs> Anyway, you can watch these things on YouTube, and they all look pretty terrible now. But I'll put some links in the show notes. They're at unfinished.bz slash 7070. can't believe this. This is episode 70. I think I was on 60. Really? I think so. Well, I just reserve you for the milestones, man. Okay. You come in, and you <laughs> swoop in in your superhero costume. Yeah. I'm wearing my Batman costume right now. I don't want to know that. That's too much. Do you know, back to Batman, my uh, uh, Aaron Eckert, Two-Face, is my wife's cousin. No. Well, distant cousin. Oh. Wow. So let's see if I can get this straight. My wife's grandfather's aunt is his grandmother. That's a pretty cool but tenuous connection. That is. But I do have... A rug that was knitted by his grandmother. Wow. There's not an awful <laughs> lot I can say about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a milestone. This is. A, I'm very pleased. This is episode So 70. 80, I'll be on 80. I don't 90. know. I don't know. We'll, okay. just figure, we'll just have to uh, like, figure out how that one goes. Maybe it's on 61. I don't know. Maybe. But that means that I've done as many shows now with just me and you and guests as I did with Anna in the beginning. Okay. So, uh... Anyway, another bit of follow-up, briefly, because, <laughs> okay, this bit's <laughs> embarrassing, because what I did last week was I started off the show with, like, a fake new intro, um, mainly so that I could just tease Brendan with a bit of intro music, which I pulled <laughs> off the web somewhere. Anyway, in the intro, I mentioned that last week's show was sponsored by Logical Elements, and then, guess what? I completely forgot to do their sponsor read. Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm really embarrassed about that. Because what happened was that Brendan and I, we only got through about half of what we were planning to talk about. And there's normally three segments. And we got to kind of, you know, just after the second, into the second segment. And I just decided that I needed to wrap it up. So, you know, rather than have a, a show that lasted for about a week and a half... I thought, well, we'll sort of wrap it up at about an hour. And I wasn't concentrating. I don't think I completely forgot to do their sponsor read. Completely forgot about logical elements. <laughs> Have you ever done that before? I've never done that before. Occasionally I'll get something wrong. I'll do the wrong URL and then I'll just have to go back in and quickly kind of, you know, edit it. Hopefully nobody notices. But this, this time it wasn't until about the day before yesterday. So the show had been out for like almost a week. And then I just listened to it briefly and i was thinking you you, you muppet you've just forgot to do that <laughs> so i'm really sorry about that anyway so guess what we've got a surprise sponsor this week and uh and i've forgotten their notes what are their notes i've oh, got i'm rubbish at podcasts. well we've been talking about them for 
the last like three minutes. I know. So in a way, it's it's um, pretty good for them. I mean, they, well, they get an extra spot, which is no less than they deserve. So I suppose our surprise sponsor this week is Logical Elements, and they provide training for web designers and developers across a whole range of technologies. And they've been doing that. They've been delivering and training courses, you know, since before the web, you know, 25 years, in fact. And today, or last week, they want us to talk about their new PHP for web designers training course. And that's happening on July 28th. So on this course, you'll learn core server-side scripting concepts, how PHP works and how to incorporate it into web pages. PHP functions, some simple content and markup management with PHP, incorporating data and content from other applications, PHP in CMSs like Expression Engine or Perch, and, you know, some tricks and tips and gotchas. And this course is really going to benefit web designers, especially those of us who work with PHP CMS systems and applications. And you'll come away from the course with a much greater understanding of PHP. Then you'll get access to a base camp that contains documentation, some examples, and even screencasts. And then there's post-course follow-up if you need that too. So this course, PHP for Web Designers, it's happening at the Bristol and Bath Science Park. And attendance is limited just to eight places, just to make sure that everybody gets plenty of hands-on experience and some one-to-one time. Tickets cost just £295, but listeners to the show, you get 100 yes, £100 off if you use the offer code unfinished at the checkout. Plus, you'll get a 20% discount on any other course if you book them before the end of May, which is like this week. So go to unfinished.bz slash logical to find out more and book your place on PHP for web designers. Don't forget, because, you know, I forgot last week. Excellent. Yes. Sorry about that. Logical. We love you, really. So what have you been up to? What have you been working on? Oh, gosh. Working on... Um, let's see. I just finished up a really big poster uh, illustration for a client in Budapest. Let's see. Finishing up a game illustration for iPhone and just other just fun stuff. And uh, a lot of work. Did anything come of the manatees? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> you keep asking me about that, don't you? No manatees. That's a shame when something like that sort of. I like, know. I, and I, every once in a while, I'll see a picture of a manatee. I'll be like, oh, that would have been really fun to draw. Maybe I should just do it. I think you should just do it anyway. Maybe that could be our segue into what we could talk about. Maybe we'll do one for you. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't know. We, we are going to talk about the stuff and nonsense header today because I've been uh, I've been having some difficulty uh, coming up with a new concept for it. So we, we'll do a little bit of public brainstorming. I think <laughs> if anybody has some ideas. Um, but yeah, no, you should just go ahead and and do it. It's it's funny. I've been feeling like I I want to get back into doing some drawing again. Yeah, I haven't done any non work related drawing or you know, anything kind of, you know, arty for myself for years, you know, years and years and years. So a couple of years ago when I was going to and from in from uh, Geneva, I stopped off at the, uh, there's a brilliant kind of car and dash pencil shop. Uh-huh. And I bought a really expensive uh, set of, um, what do they call them? Water soluble pencils, beautiful things where, um, if you're using the right paper, you can actually um, use the pencils and then go over them with water and it almost turns them into like watercolors. Yeah. Really yeah. beautiful. So I bought some beautiful pencils, a, a big set too. And they're still in their shrink wrap in the drawer. Shamefully. <laughs> How many uh, years ago was this? Uh, a couple now, I suppose. Okay. So last weekend I bought a sketchbook and I'm actually going to, um, yeah, I'm going to spend some time. My biggest thing is I think I tend to overthink it. You know, I don't just draw something. I I never just drew something for the sake of drawing it. Um, I think I overthought it. And, you know, from the beginning, I wanted it to become something. And, you know, sometimes I suppose it's, it's okay if it doesn't. Yeah, that's a big thing. I mean, even, you know, I'll do that. You know, I hear people say, well, just you're supposed to buy a cheap sketchbook to kind of counteract that. You know, like if you buy these moleskin sketchbooks, they can tend to 
hamper things because you want every page to kind of be this work of art, you know, but it's... Do you draw for yourself now or... I mean, I know I've seen you do projects for other people that might not be, you know, paid jobs. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've I've been trying to draw more for myself recently. Um, And uh, one of the things I've I really want to start getting into is like licensing and things like that. And, you know, whether it's stock or whatnot, but just in drawing for myself kind of allows me to do that. And then maybe I can clean it up and create characters and things like that. That just for me, you know, art directed by me, you know, all Mm. decisions are my own decisions. And, you know, so just, yeah, I mean, that's definitely something I've been trying to do recently. Yeah. I go through phases where I just don't have any time, you know, I'm done at the end of the day and I'm just like, I don't want to draw anymore. (laughs) Mm. But yeah, it's definitely something that is, I feel is a very important I think it's part and parcel of sort of focusing on myself a little bit more recently. You know, the last couple of months I've been trying to get fit, which, you know, people that listen to the show will be endlessly bored by. <laughs> oh no, he's not going to talk about swimming again, is he? But you know, <laughs> well, you've been running more, so you could talk about running. Well, yeah. Sue and I went for a run around, uh, around the lake last Sunday and that was good. And then I went during this week and I'm going on Sunday. So the day before the show goes out, I'll have gone again with, uh, with Dan Davis, who sometimes comes on the show. So, uh, I'm hopefully there won't be anybody around taking video of us <laughs> overweight, middle-aged men pounding the pavement, <laughs> but I, it doesn't come naturally. You know, it, it doesn't feel like, you know, I'm not a natural runner. Maybe after a bit of practice, it, it'll, you know, it'll start to, to feel a little bit better, but at the moment it just feels like, every step is like me hitting the ground like a meteor (laughs) because I've been thinking more about things that aren't work. I've just been inspired to, you know, do something different for myself in different ways as well. Yeah. Not overthink it. Well, I think the great thing though, especially for you with drawing is, I mean, your main focus is the web and design. So you probably don't do a lot of like actual drawing and what you do professionally right no not not at all yeah so it seems like a very natural thing for you to get involved in you know that in photography you know so i've been thinking about like beyond drawing what else could i do i don't know if i'd really want to get into sculpting or things like that but see i used to enjoy i used to enjoy mucking about with a bit of clay to be honest i wasn't ever very good at it maybe paper mache but i did enjoy that um i think that i'm going to start just trying to get my hand in a little bit it might be drawing from photographs before you know before i take the plunge and go out there and actually you know sit in a field sketching real life i don't think <laughs> i'm i think i need to build up to <laughs> that. Good. yeah so uh watch this space it's not something that i i feel comfortable with you gotta, you gotta start start up with no, all your drawings I think I'm, no actually do you know i think i'm done with sharing things like that I, I want to do it just for me, not for anybody else. And I want to be happy with it myself, not happy because other people go, you know, like. Yay. And I think I'll start off, like I say, I'll start off by, um, by drawing. I mean, photography has been my thing for a long time. So I've got plenty of source material, you know, I just need to actually just get my hand in again, like everything else, I suppose, like running, you know, just get my, get the practice done. Yeah. Running is one of those things. It's like. I've been running for years and I still feel kind of the same way way you described, you know, every run. I just feel like it's well, I've been enjoying being active and it's been two months now since Paul Bowag and I started doing this challenge and I've no idea where he is with it, but you know, even if the competition kind of fades away, it's got me motivated again, you know? So the swimming, I've got that down. You know, I can regularly sort of swim a mile and a half to two miles now. The running thing, I don't know. I think I could quite get into it. So that I will enjoy. So I'm almost, I'm like, that's two thirds of a triathlon, isn't it? I think so. The other bit cycling and cycling's just sitting down. <laughs> yeah, you don't do anything. No work in cycling. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> John Hicks is boiling. I can, I can feel his, uh, his ears steaming. So uh, yeah, I'm, I, it's, it's fun. I just I'm enjoying being active, and the more active I am, 
I suppose this might be just indicative of my mood in general, but the more active I am and the more I'm thinking about doing things for me and for the business and stuff like that, do you know the less interested in, you know, the wider world I'm, I'm, I'm becoming, you know, Twitter and, you know, everything else. You know, right. I, I think I've hardly been on it today. Yeah, I've actually haven't been on Twitter much in weeks. I mean, I, I read it every day, but I don't tweet. I get to the point where I'm like, who cares what I think? Let me do another sponsor. Sure. Another lovely sponsor. Um, our first, or is it second sponsor today? <laughs> I'm really, really pleased to have them on the show because it's Hover. And they really are the best way to manage and buy your domain names. And I know that because when I started using Hover, I liked the experience so much that now I just recommend them to all of our clients. See, as a designer and someone who runs a small business, I don't need something that should be simple, something like buying and managing domain names. I don't need that to distract me from what I'm doing and from what I do best and from what makes us money. And I don't need unnecessary complications. I just want the process to be smooth and simple and I want help quickly if I've got a question or a problem. And the problem is that many domain registrars, they try to squeeze every last penny out of you. Now, I'll give you an example. A couple of years ago, we registered a handful of domains with another company in the UK. Now, you know, I know I'm open about a lot of things, but for a few reasons, I wanted who is privacy on those domains. And it turns out that the registrar wanted to charge me for that. It wanted to charge me for privacy. And then when I wanted to transfer them elsewhere to a company that didn't charge me for privacy, they wanted to charge me a fee just to move the domains away. You know, I hated that. Ugh. Well, Hover's different because with them, who is privacy gets included for free on every domain that supports it. And when I asked Hover for support, a real live person, they got back to me almost immediately with information about moving my domains. And that's something else I really like about Hover. They just take all the hassle and the friction out of registering a domain name. And for transfers, they even offer a val valet transfer service to make it as easy as possible for you to move your domain names to them. And there's no extra charge. They just take care of everything for you. There's so much more that I could say about Hover and why I like using them. And I'm going to do that over the next few weeks. So I think you're going to enjoy using Hover and you should give them a try. You can get 10% off your entire first purchase by going to hover.com and then using the offer code unfinished when you start using Hover. Oh, no, they're really good. They are really, really good. I used them cool. when I registered unfinished.bz. Yeah. That was the first time I used them. They're brilliant. Really nice to work with. Yeah, that who is privacy thing sounds really cool. Yeah, not every type of domain supports it. For example, yeah. if you're a business in the UK, you can't get privacy on a .co.uk, for example. Okay. Which is one of the things that we wanted to do. But because we're a business that owns a domain name, we can't do that. But if I was an individual, you know, I wouldn't necessarily want my private address being out there on the web, you know? Right. I think every domain should have privacy if you want it. So we talked about this header. Yes. The stuff and nonsense header. Because originally... I'd thought that we would change it every, what, six months, I think we said at the beginning, didn't we? Yeah, has it been six months? It was November. Yeah, so I think this month one. is six months. Yeah. And they usually take two or three months in the making. So obviously there isn't a new one that's, you know... In the making. That's in the making. There's not going to be a new one, kids, for for a while. And to be honest, I've been having real difficulty coming up with a new concept. And again, maybe it's because I'm overthinking it, but I'm having terrible trouble just kind of coming up with the next one. Okay. Do you have any ideas? I've got some ideas because I want the thing to be appropriate to us. And I want there to be some kind of connection to us. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the three we've already done, they've always, they've been a very kind of personal thing with you. Like we'll probably talk about this later on, but I don't want it necessarily to be about me personally anymore. Okay. Um, Makes sense. Well, you know, cause it's, it's not just me and the company, you know, there's lots of other people that, you know, particularly two important people that, you know, contribute as much as I do. So it can't all be about me. Right. 
So I was thinking about what to do. And I've, I've got this loose idea in my head, really loose idea, because I and, and, and everybody else, we really love advertising. I think I've been talking about this on the show a bit recently. You know, my interest in design is much more about the, you know, a clever idea than it is necessarily about right. web design. Yeah. The- so I was thinking about whether we could use that in some way. And I started thinking about some classic British ads from kind of when I remember growing up from like, you know, seventies and eighties. Okay. Particularly some kind of, you know, characters from those ads. Cause that would reflect our interest in advertising, but we could still do something very kind of cool and, and funny with them. I'm thinking you probably don't remember this, but I'll put some links in the show notes, but there was a, did you ever see the PG tips chimps? Do you know what I mean by that? Oh no, let me. <laughs> Smash can, on my keyboard again. You can you can do this. I'll just I'll put some links in the show notes for people. But PG Tips is a is a type of tea. Brook Bond PG Tips tea. Okay. And in the seventies and eighties, they had and you couldn't do it now. They dressed up chimpanzees, and they had baby chimps. It was quite cruel, actually. I think. But they dressed <laughs> they dressed up chimpanzees, and they had them these little kind of like these little skits. I remember one, Mister Shifter. Which was like that they were moving a piano down some stairs. <laughs> it's really funny. They were great. That could be another way of including apes as well. Oh yeah, I, I was thinking this is right. You see, right they down were your great. alley. And, you know, they and they, yeah, they they were baby chimps, and they went through a lot of these chimpanzees to uh, you know to, to make the ads. But they were really good. They were a classic kind of ad series. And then there was another ad series that I really remember, which was Cadbury Smash which was an instant mashed potato. You have no idea about this. But they did. They did a series of ads with these robot Martians, and they were really, really, really funny. (laughs) There's a whole bunch of these things. Those are cool. Yeah. And I thought it would be quite nice to come up with something where we could use some of these characters in a slightly different setting, have fun with them, and that could be something different because I want, I want it to mean something. I don't just want to do a cool cartoon. You know, it'd be quite easy to come up to, to say to you. Like with manatees. Yeah. Let's yeah, do, do a heading with manatees. You know, yeah. you could, I know you do something amazing, but it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be us necessarily. So although I say I'm kind of overthinking things, I do need it to mean something. It has to be part of like almost like a campaign idea in a way. Right. I, I really, I mean, yeah, I think this is a, uh... I think you're onto something here. I mean, there's loads of stuff that we could play with. There was a, a character from a Texan bar, which was a chocolate bar. And he was always being, you know, executed by Mexicans or <laughs> he was always strapped to a totem pole by Native Americans. And he was, he had these sort of taglines, sure is a mighty chew. <laughs> that doesn't sound very, <laughs> what was well, this? Sure is a mighty chew. I can't do a Texan advert. <laughs> And what was the other one? He said, you wouldn't fire a man till he's finished his Texan bar, would you? And the idea was, was that it was chewy toffee in the, in the, in the candy bar. So it would take so long for him to finish his Texan bar that, you know, people would fall asleep or something. And then he'd get away. Then he'd get away. That was, that was the shtick. And he was a cool character. We could use him. (laughs) What about the milky bar kid? The milky bar. You must have had the Milky Bar Kid. Let me Google. I Oh, God. What year <laughs> were you born? 80. 1980. Okay. So you're 15 years younger than me. Captain Birdseye. The Milky Bar Kid? The Milky Bar Kid, yeah. He was really annoying. <laughs> the Milky Bar Kid is strong and tough. and only The best is good enough. The creamiest milk, the whitest bar. The goodness, that's in Milky Bar. See... 49 years old, and I can still remember the jingle from that ad. You see, that's why advertising is so special. They don't do jingles anymore, do they? Not so much. No. no. So, yeah, Captain Birdseye, he was another one. He was a bit creepy, I suppose. Who else? Oh, you must have had Tony the Tiger. Kellogg's oh, yeah. Frosties. Oh, yeah. Okay, so there's Tony the Tiger. Snap, crackle, and pop. Oh, yeah. Rice Krispies. Oh, yeah. Cereal. Did you have the Honey Monster? Uh, the um, Cheerios? Sugar puffs. Oh yeah. 
I think so. I bet some of those are still in use, to be honest. You know, obviously these things skirting on uh, what we can use. <laughs> well, this is this is this is what we need to talk about. And then yeah. there's things like Jolly Green Giant. Remember? Oh that? yeah. Pillsbury Doughboy. Yeah, yeah. I think that those are probably still in use. The Michelin Man. The the Kool Aid. Don't remember that. The that big Kool Aid monster guy. I don't know if we call him a monster, but he was basically this big pitcher of Kool-Aid that would come smashing through a wall. Yeah, we didn't have that. Okay. We had Mr. Sheen, which was a furniture polish, and it was Mr. Sheen was like a World War fighter pilot, or maybe even uh, before a that. A furniture polish needing a mascot? Yeah, furniture polish, and Mr. Sheen, and he was like in a little plane, and he used to, um, you know, wherever he flew behind him, <laughs> it would be clear. This is so cool. But some of these were really, really old, and most of the ones I can remember, they haven't been on the air for like 30 years. Mr. Peanut. See, this is, this is a huge cultural difference. We'd have to kind of address this if we were to do a header, because I, don't, I wouldn't want my American audiences to be thinking, who the hell are these people? <laughs> so I suppose you'd have to kind of include some references. But the problem is, I mean, although a lot of these things have been off the air, and although maybe some of them, like the PG chip, Tips Chimps, you could do chimpanzees in sort of a similar way so that hopefully people that recognize them would understand the reference. Chimps dressed up as in costumes, I mean, isn't it? They would have to be done in such a way that, you know, maybe combined with other characters or something so that you knew that it was about classic ads. Yeah. That, that's the point I'm trying to make. The problem is, as you mentioned earlier on, is that we don't want to infringe on somebody else's copyright, as we've probably done in the past. Yeah, almost. Like, I mean, there's kind of a... I mean, there's a very iconic, almost typography and style and color scheme that kind of runs through all of them. You almost, like... You almost wonder if, like, maybe we can kind of just create our own. You know, that could be, like, a the stuff of nonsense. I don't know. I'm just thinking off the top of my head here. Mm. Well, it's, it's funny because we... Sue and I talked about this in the car on the way home today, and she was said, "Well, you know, isn't it safer that we just come up with our own characters, which we could, which we could do, um, and you know, maybe we should." The problem with the mod, you know, the problem with with kind of continuing with that, even though we've had that as a sort of a motif for such a long time, is that it's not just about that doesn't sort of represent the company anymore, right? It kind of doesn't even represent me anymore, you know? It might have been me ten years ago, and I've been just, you know, living off past glory. <laughs> <laughs> Pretending that I still look like that, which of course I don't. So I don't know. I think that, that, that even before the current apes, I wanted to get away from using the mods. It makes sense. I'm not sure. Well, they don't have to be mods, it's just... This is where I'm really scratching my head, because, you know, I know that it needs to be related to us... I know there has to be a story behind it that we can talk to clients about. I know that it has to kind of become identifiable as us. And also I think that in future it needs to be part of a much more kind of wider campaign in a way. Yeah. You know, so that we use it in different ways. Um, we use it as part of maybe uh, email marketing or other forms of promotion. You know, it has to be much more kind of campaign focused rather than just, you know, the odd header here and there. Right, yeah, that makes sense. But I was thinking about these characters, you know, the old ad characters. And, you know, some of them, they might still be used. I suppose some of them, they, they bring them back, don't they, as retro. You know, Tony the Tiger kind of comes and goes, and then they kind of reinvent him again. But, you know, how do we how do we license those likenesses? I'm not sure. Yeah, well, but then you, like, beyond copyright... <laughs> Do you, I mean, is that something that you want to license if it's going to be you, if it's going to be stuff and nonsense? Well, the, I would like to do a header, for example, you know, I'd like to do a really kind of, just, just imagine, I mean, one of the ideas, the stupid ideas that I kind of had in the car on the way home was like <laughs> a retirement home for old ad characters. <laughs> you yeah. know, where all of these washed up bums, um, you know, are all living together <laughs> in some kind of, retirement home for old ad men or you know <laughs> characters and you know i know that you'd be able to nail the style and you know you you could have a there'd be a beautiful cartoon there that would have you know the, the um the smash martians and some chimps and i don't know 
Yeah. The guy from the Texan bar advert or something, you know? Maybe they're all, they're all around, they're all sitting around a bar reminiscing. Imagine if the Milky Bar kid was like fat and 50. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That, that, <laughs> too many. Too, <laughs> too many Milky Bars. Yeah. Right? That could actually be a really funny piece. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I could. <laughs> you could have a lot of fun with that. So it was something that Brendan said last week, actually, because he was talking about contacting movie studios to get permission for using the stills from his, uh, for his cinema redux pieces. So, you know, he'd have to get in touch with 20th Century Fox marketing department or merchandising department or something to, uh, you know, to be able to use a particular film. Yeah. Um, and I thought, well, maybe we have to do the same thing with, um, with these ad characters. You know, maybe, uh, Cadbury's, who they were the people that made the, the instant mashed potato. They haven't used the, the, I don't think they've used the, the Martians for, you know, for years. So maybe you have to write to them and say, we'd like to do this illustration as part of a, you know, promotion. It's the likenesses of the, of, of the Martians. Can we do it and just see what happens? Oh yeah, definitely. See yeah. where that gets us. Yeah. They probably want money. Probably do. Yeah. But, you know, maybe that maybe, I don't know, maybe they would just settle for, um, you know, for, for the byline. Cause I'm sure that we'd have to do that as well. You know, yeah. The Smash Martians are a copyright of, you know, Cadbury Corporation or whatever they are. I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to pull up a list of characters that I might want to use. And I might even have to get you to do some, like a rough pencil sketch of what the artwork might end up like. Yeah. And then I think I'll write to, um, presumably the marketing departments of these, the, these companies and just see if, see what they say. <laughs> you know, at least we'll have tried. Oh yeah. I wonder if we would have to include some American based characters in that group just for us over here, you know? Yeah. Uh, no, I think so. Yeah. Tony the Tiger, I think would do. He's, he, that's like, that's a very well known. Uh, <laughs> just, I think the Kool-Aid, uh, you'll have to Google the Kool-Aid character. Yeah. I'm just doing it now, actually. God, what an interesting podcast. This yeah. is where, listen to two guys Googling. <laughs> <laughs> just, talk, 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 just smashing on keyboard. Oh. Kool-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> how do you even spell Kool-Aid? We don't even know how to spell it in the UK. Oh, Kool-Aid's with a K. Yeah, Kool-Aid with a K. K-O-O-L. Oh, oh, so he's like a sort of a, a round, juicy character. Yeah, he's a, he's like a pitcher of Kool Aid, isn't he? Is he? I can't really tell from the preview on Google Images. I think that's what he was. Yikes! I mean, I'm sure that some of those characters are not particularly politically correct anymore. So <laughs> we have <laughs> several sure, but... of them you mentioned aren't very. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always felt very, very strange about Captain Birdseye because you know he was on a pirate ship full of kids. Um, so the least said about that, the better. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> right. Mustn't joke about such things. Let me do another sponsor moving swiftly on. This week, I want to talk about Espresso from MacRabbit. I'm really pleased that they're sponsoring the show because Espresso's the text editor that I've used to write code every day for about as long as I can remember. Yeah, I've used it so much so often that honestly, I can't imagine using anything else to write my HTML and my CSS. Because it's got all the tools that I need to make writing and editing code really simple and efficient. So, you know, I write a lot of CSS, as you can probably guess. And Espresso's got MacRabbit's award-winning CSS edit tools built right in. And it's got CodeSense, cold folding, uh, smart snippets, drag and drop navigator. They're all going to help you write better code in a lot less time. And I find myself using the project-wide search and replace quite a lot too. Especially when I'm moving from design to production code. And it's got quick filtering, color highlighting, and that makes searching for the contents of files really quick and easy too. So I suppose everybody's workflow is slightly different, and Espresso includes a flexible workspace that fits into yours. And when you're ready to see how your work's going to look in a browser, Espresso has a fantastic web preview feature. So you can see how the HTML and the CSS that you're writing affects the pages that you're building. And it also visualizes margin and padding, and it helps you to quickly find and edit the relevant styles for any element. Then when you're finished, when you're ready, you just sync and you publish your work to a web server with Espresso's built-in tools. You know, I've tried a lot of text editors, but I always find myself coming back to Espresso. And, you know, I can't imagine using anything else. 
So espresso is available from unfinished.bz slash espresso. And it's only $75. But here's the offer. Listeners to the show, they can get a fantastic 10% discount using the offer code unfinished at the checkout. And that's espresso. Excellent. So I suppose that we've got two audiences for these headers. Yeah, I was thinking about that, actually, while you are reading the sponsor. Because I know that potential clients like it, the ones that call us anyway, because I always ask them, um, and they, they think it makes us look different to everybody else, which is cool, you know, mission accomplished. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm sure that it acts as a filter as well, because I always ask, you know, were you put off by the apes? And they go, no, 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 we, we thought they were really funny. So that's good. <laughs> Even if maybe they don't understand the jokes, you know, or they don't understand the references. They think that it's just different because not many people do that kind of thing. And then so I suppose that's yeah. that's one audience. Um, I'll tell you what else I've noticed as well, because I've, I've spoke to people about this, and I've realized that most people don't know that the header changes with the screen width. So, yeah, that's like an Easter egg. And I, I, I think it's because normal people don't sit there resizing their browser windows <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> you know? Yeah. They don't land on a website and then go, oh, well, yeah, this really is responsive. Yeah. I wonder what happens to the navigation here. You know, they're moving things <laughs> in and out. Only, only web geeks do that. Yeah. It needs to appeal to a wider kind of public audience. And, and I think that having something which makes people smile, you know, with a name like ours, you know, we can't have anything kind of deadly, deathly secret, uh, serious in there. Right, right. So that's one part of it. And then we've got the industry audience as well. You know, and I know that people like to dig in and, you know, they like to see how we've made them and they like to go hunting for the Easter eggs and stuff. So it's finding a balance, isn't it, between the Right. Two? Well, and also what I was thinking is, and, you know, that, well, you had to describe to me all, a lot of these characters and a lot of it's like a generational thing too. So it'd have to be captivating just even if you don't get it, you know. Even if you don't recognize everyone, you kind of just think that it's a funny image. Yeah. And I suppose one or two iconic characters... Which I, might yeah. help help you realize that it's about advertising. Right, yeah. And I think that concept that you brought up about like some retirement home or something like that, if it's done well, I think it, it, it'll, you know, with the, you know, if we have the right topography in the, or, or look, you know, I think it'd be really fun. You know, I was thinking another idea that I had was, um, you know, it's sort of a similar idea to the, to the current kind of ape setup, I suppose. But I can imagine a group of ad characters, um, you know, whether it be Snap, Crackle and Pop or, you know, the, the, the Texan bar guy and, uh-huh. you know, and, and, and the others being chased down the street by a massive Pillsbury Doughboy <laughs> or something, you know, so w- w- whichever would be huge. <laughs> would they have Ghostbuster packs on well, them? It, that's a sort of a similar, a similar it's the same arrangement. Look, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Because yeah. you know, I've thought, I've thought about this. I thought, well, you know, can we not just do kind of movie references? Can we not just do, for example, um, you know, the, the the Raiders of the Lost Ark? You know, where Indiana Jones is being chased by that huge ball. Uh-huh. Can we not just do something similar like that? You know, whether it, I don't know, maybe maybe you put the mod character in that situation and he's being chased by a huge ball. I don't know. <laughs> talking about this in the car and i thought you know that's really lame for one thing yeah because it doesn't really mean anything to us it's just an image um, it's just an image and also why do we have to you know use you know somebody else's character when maybe we could come up with our own this is what i'm sort of struggling with at the moment i want to make sure that the header represents us and it's not just about me right hmm. although the apes are pretty much about me because <laughs> the Suze aren't ape fans they just put up with them. play off that idea i mean i've had several different ideas and I'll, I'll talk to you about them another time when i've kind of you know thought them through a little more uh ideas about actual stories you know presenting a story within the panel even using multiple panels so that the thing becomes a lot more kind of comic book-like right. in a way. Things where the next dimension is kind of time. Because, you know, we've, we've, we've almost done kind of uh, two dimensions and almost three dimensions, you know, with the things coming towards us. I need to get clear in my head what it means. You know, what, what, is, the, what is the idea? Uh-huh. And that's what, that's what I haven't got yet. Okay. I think that I, d- I don't want 
the 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 responsive kind of implementation to drive the idea. I want the idea to drive the idea. Yeah, well, it sounds like that's really kind of where you're at, especially like the talk was it was it Laura Laura Calbag? Yeah, Laura. The quote Don Draperness of if you want to put it that way, just like just it seems like that's kind of what sets you apart as far as the client work, right? Yeah, other than you know the stuff and nonsense, but well, I'd like to think that it could do. I'm not sure that it does, but I think that there has to be an idea there that really does kind of mean something. You know, it has to, or you know, either either in relation to us, or it has to be in relation to some kind of campaign, right? And that's what I haven't got my head around yet. Well, it sounds like right now they've kind of serve as like conversation starters, right? Very much, yeah. yeah. And I think the apes have been. Apart from the early mods, I mean, you know, when we redid the site that very first time and you did the three mods on scooters, uh-huh. that was the one that a lot of people, they liked that. Um, and, you know, they thought that that was clever and they, they liked the idea that we were kind of, you know, changing things, you know, and the mod was getting older and fatter. <laughs> of course, I'm not as fat as the old one now. I was slightly disappointed that the second one didn't get as much attention, if I'm being honest. I wonder if it suffered from the same things that we were kind of, talking about with this possible idea of the, of the, you know, the characters just being recognizable, I wonder. And then there was also the, just the huge, um, uh, the band reference. I think that it worked if you got the references, but if you didn't get the references, it wasn't a successful idea on its own. Right. I think it failed at that. Whereas with the first one, you didn't need to get any references. You know, it was pretty self-explanatory. And I don't think even with your current one, you don't really need to get any references. No, people don't. I mean, a few, yeah, pe- people do go, ah, ha, ha, yes, it's Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, which of course it isn't because we. <laughs> <laughs> They're with the escort guns. Oh no, nothing to do with Planet of the no. Apes whatsoever. <laughs> <clears throat> really, but yeah, I think it works on its own. Because it, it works as a, as a funny piece. But, you know, this is what I'm supposed to do for a living. I'm supposed to come up with ideas. So I mustn't grumble when I can't come up with one. Well, it sounds like you're on the right track. Well, I'm going to go down the the route of inquiring about using old ad characters anyway. Mm-hmm. Because I think it would be a very interesting exercise um, and something that we can talk about on the show as well. Yeah, definitely. Just to see whether that's possible. Because, you know, you might get somebody turn around and go, yeah, well, of course you can use those things. and It'll cost £10,000. <laughs> so I think that will be an interesting thing to do. I just need to get my head around it. Yeah. Well, any ideas most gratefully received? Cool, yeah. I'll have to digest them in my head. Listeners as well, if if you want to help out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make my job easier. No, I'd, I'd like to know what people think of them. Because I know that hopefully we we become known for doing cool ideas with these animated headers. It'd be great to get people's input on the next one. Oh, yeah, definitely. I bet you will. So I suppose we should wrap it up, really. You got all your sponsors in? Cheeky bugger. All the sponsors are in this week. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've covered them all the bases. Excellent. Yeah, people can follow you on Twitter. You are? Josh Cleland. Or you can follow me at Malarkey. If you've got something to say, if you've got a question or a suggestion for a topic, you can message the show on Twitter at unfinished bz or you can email in to me at he has at unfinished dot bz thanks again to our three yes there were three actually sponsors this week <laughs> logical elements hover and mac rabbits espresso please support the show by supporting them oh. just wait for that <laughs> go away I couldn't find how to turn it off, so I've unplugged it. What was I talking about?